With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Mike, it's serious business tonight. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends. One heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. It's going to be dynamite stuff that uh, we need to touch on. 
All right, Mike, look, everybody wants to know. that They hear you in the chat room. They want to know about the buzzer meter tonight. Where are we, where are we sitting at? Are we sitting about a, a, a seven or a, a, I would say between six and seven. <laughs> It's between the six and the seven. It could be worse. I would say six and a half. Six and a half. Okay. Well, listen, this is a big week for most of the world of high-stakes fantasy football, the championship playoffs. The championship round began this week, Mike. And as I look at the names across the landscape of the fantasy uh, sports industry here, it's all the same names, Mike. I don't know if you believe that this game is luck. But when I look at the leaderboards and the championship divisions, we've got the same names as we no. see every single year. John Rozek, Ian Ritchie has a chance to win Chad both high-stakes competitions. Uh, Chad, Chad Schroeder again. Fred Schroeder. Yeah, Don Thompson uh, winning the yeah. leagues again. Kimber Schleicher, the, the, the first lady, one of the first ladies of football. Poochie Bennett has a chance to win his second world championship even. This is incredible. Tommy well, Yates, we had on the show last week. He's in it. You think this game is still luck, Mike? It's this is this year is proof positive that there is a lot of skill involved in this game. We love. Absolutely, uh, Scott. You know, I do believe there's a lot of luck involved, but uh, you know, I I, I say this to uh, the people that work for me, and I say this to myself every day. I don't believe in luck. Luck is uh, when preparation meets opportunity. And I've, I've said this on the show before, and I'll say it on the show again. Uh, I mean, that's just the way it is. These guys, they work, they work hard, they work their butts off to be prepared for that opportunity. So uh, it's not a lot. I mean, some of it is, but at the end of the day, no. When you when you work hard and when you're champions year in and year out, that many times, that's not luck. Well, uh, 347-324-5404 is the number. Uh, we broadcast live out of Indianapolis every Friday night. Red vs. Blue streams live on the Fantasy Sports Channel, uh, FSC.FM, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, fantasy sports, uh, streaming news uh, to your iPod, your MP3 player, to your computer at home or at work. Uh, just pop it on, and uh, look, you spend hours and hours on this stuff every single week. Uh, it comes down to this. The playoffs are here. The money is on the line. Uh, many league titles were awarded uh, in the high-stakes world last week, Mike. So teams won their $5,000, $6,000, They won it last week. They've advanced to the league playoffs and the league championship or past the league championships, and now they're moving on to the overall contest, the overall championship round, $100,000 on the line in the Fantasy Football Players Championship, $300,000 on the line on, in the World Championship of Fantasy Football. You've got $100,000 over at Fanball, just a lot of big money on the line. And this yeah. week we're looking at, at running backs. This this small list of names that I've accumulated this week are real important to owners. That's what they want to know about. Look, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Michael Turner, on MJD, uh, Adrian Peterson, these guys we got, that you have in your We got the, uh, the unknowns. Yeah, you have those guys I'm, in your lineup week after week. You don't, you don't have to worry about me talking about LaShawn McCoy on this show. We we know those guys are going to be in your lineup. What we want to talk about is Anthony Dixon, right? What we want to talk yeah. about is Garrett Blunt. 
Okay, uh, Pierre Thomas. Blunt. We got uh, Jonathan Stewart, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, Matt Forte, those guys. Oh, you're you're hitting on a couple right there, man. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Uh, let's let's get him on the slate tonight. And, and Forte, that's what a what a game. Let let's start right there with New England against Chicago. New England minus three in this game on the road to Chicago. Jay Cutler's five touchdowns and zero picks, Mike. The last two games. This isn't the same Jay Cutler in the same offense this season started with. He had a real bad stigma attached to him, right? And he was on right. the spotlight all the time. But he's been on a five-game win streak. New England comes to town, and you better believe this Chicago team is fired up. It's almost like New England might have a little letdown after that big Jets win on Monday night. Well, you know what? Uh, a good buddy of mine, we were on the way up to uh, Cincinnati where we're here now, and we were talking about it, and uh, – the one thing we talked about was uh, the bounce factor. Uh, we we were going to watch horses run, and we talked about the bounce factor about horses, and they always have a bounce after a big win. There's always a bounce; it never fails. Uh, it's it's going to be the same way here, Scott. Um, I, I don't I don't trust uh, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, uh, the law firm. I, I really don't trust him in this game. Um, because of the bounce factor, I, I think uh, Woodhead. I think he'll be solid, but uh, you know, I, I just don't like this team, and I will. I, I love Forte. You know, you like Forte. Two hundred thirty-six carries. Uh, he's on pace for would be fifty-one fewer than he averaged in his first two seasons. So uh, the, the the lesson workload has paid off. Because he's averaging yeah. four and a half yards a carry over the last six games, and you know four point two yards per carry on the season. Again, that would be that would best his previous career high of three point nine. And then you look at what he does through the air. I mean, he's averaging over ten yards per reception, which is several yards better. He's attributing to his surge to the fact that Chester Taylor is seeing more work and allows him to get some rest. So you know, it's a very physical game. He. He rushed for 64 yards and a touchdown on only 13 carries, but he he catches those extra couple balls, two balls, three balls for you know 36 yards. Yeah, that gets you an extra five or six fantasy points, and that can't be denied. Now this game, the NFL has suspended Patriots linebacker Brandon Spikes four games for violating the league's policy on banned substances. So he's done, and you know he might come back for the playoffs, but. This should well, help this uh, Sunday. Give a boost to Matt Forte this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, you have to. You, you have to uh, bump uh, Forte up there to the uh, start of your lineup and uh, make him one of the best best ones you got. Let's look at Ben Jarvis Green. Ellis, uh, you know, he had a great game, as did Danny Woodhead. They really put it to the Jets. The Jets' defense looked just overmatched and overwhelmed pretty much the entire Entire time, I think I was watching it at halftime. I'm like, you know, they're talking in this game like uh, the Jets are kind of still in this game. I said, it's over. There's nothing this team's going to do tonight against the Patriots. And, you know, you really couldn't even get into the game because it was just such no, a round. It was, you know, I wasn't watching the game live, Scott, but what I saw out of that game uh, tells me that uh, New England is New England. And even they may have a bounce game. Uh, this week, but they're still in New England, and if they were to play again in three weeks, would things be different? That's what I'm asking you. As a, I mean, I want you to be honest with me as a Jets fan. 
Would things be different in three weeks? Well, you know, this this this, this game is a turn of uh, momentum, and you have to get some more momentum to be able to play in a game like that. And Brady, uh, Brady had an opportunity here after Peyton looked terrible to really seize the moment, and that's what he did. Would and that's what the Patriots different in three weeks. Look, I, I tell you what, I think that, that series really comes down to who wants it more, and, you know, it's hard to win a road game in that series. Uh, it was a it was a total route. They lost their heart early, and, uh, you know, uh, it, it's uh, – no, I don't think so. I, I think the Patriots proved that the, the Jets aren't ready for that type of game this deep in the playoffs. They they need a little bit more work. But I'm, I'm still going to root for them. I'm still going to support them. Sure. And uh, that, that's what Jets fans do, right? you gotta, you got to support your team and – and it's a young quarterback. It's his second year. We shouldn't put everything on his shoulders just yet. Uh, you can only ask a kid to do so much. Well, I would love, uh, you know, absolutely. I mean, it's a very difficult situation. And I think uh, I think a lot of it, uh, Rex Ryan, he brings a lot of it on himself. On himself. But uh, th- at the end of the day, uh, there's no better character, there's no better coach uh, than Rex Ryan. The people – uh, the kids they love playing for this guy, and they love to, uh, you know, they embrace him, and so that makes a for a exciting atmosphere, so to speak. I mean, uh, more so than uh, we've seen since the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, it's it, it's fun, but uh, well, but yeah. You can't expect the Jets to uh, to be world beaters every week. Look, they, they, you cannot discount also. I mean, and that defense has to do their job. Don't put all this on Sanchez. The defense has to do their job. And the defense, which was supposed to be the best, one of the best in the league this year, right off the bat, they lost their heart and soul of the defense. Chris Jenkins, you know, right off the bat in early September there. And, and that, that cannot be ignored when you lose a player like that on that line that's there to stop the run and be able wow. to make all those blitzes work for, for Rex Ryan. You lose that type of force on there, and it changes everything. Scott, 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 Scott. Everybody loses players, okay? I mean, New England, they've lost players. Uh, you know, you go down the line, Indy, they've lost players. I mean, everybody loses players. It's how you replace them and how you go about it. And, and That's right. You know, I think, uh, I think uh, Buddy, or, uh, Buddy, uh, Rex Ryan and – you know, he's doing the things that he needs to do to uh, get his team back in shape and to do what he has to do. But uh, everybody loses players, and it's just how you go about uh, repairing, I, I guess you should say. Well, you're right. I, I don't have anything to say about that. Look, uh, Denver situation. Let's move on to Denver. Uh, we saw the big news this week. You're fired! Josh McDaniels uh, was was sent his walking papers, Mike, and it's no surprise really with this team. Uh, Josh McDaniels has uh, just created controversy the entire time he's been there. He ships off Jay Cutler, mouths off to him. He ships off Brandon Marshall after getting into it with him. He drafts Tim Tebow in the first round or whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, he takes yeah. off his defensive players, and, they, and and then you got the cheating scandal, enough's enough. You know, it's it just um, – Let's let's forget about him. The new head coach, Eric Studdisville, he's the running back coach. Are you going to give him a shot? And Moreno, he's been on an absolute tear, man. A personal best, 160 yards last week, second time over 100. Uh, This kid, you know, Moreno is really coming into play. They're playing Arizona. 
Derek Anderson's out. John Skelton gets the nod. What do you think of this Denver-Arizona game? Denver's a four-point favorite on the road. Okay. Uh, first off, I do not like the firing. I would like to understand why that happened. Because, number one, they're not going to make the playoffs. Number two, they're not winning over their fans. So that tells me that things aren't going very good. Now, number three, they've got a lot of money on the table with Josh McDaniels. And I just don't understand why the firing happened in in the fashion that it happened. Uh, Why not fire him at the end of the year? Unless I mean, what what is this running backs coach going to do to uh, change everything? I I just don't understand the whole deal about this firing. Yeah. Well, listen, he he uh, he obviously had the Spygate two videotaping scandal that tarnished the franchise. Yep. You've got uh, you've got McDaniel's uh, with an attitude like he's. Uh, you know, like he's Bill Belichick, and he hasn't proved anything. He's 32 years old when he was hired, so you know you got to kind of earn your uh, earn your stripes before you do that. And you can't have a you can't have a, a a situation going on with some of your star defensive players and expect that it's not going to get back to the owner. And 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 it sounds like that's right. what happened in the team meeting, and and it was the writing was on the wall. But look, this this no Sean Moreno is for real. Uh, I, I took him in the – a lot of owners got him really late, seventh round or what have you, and and they're playing Arizona this week, 31st in the league against the run. So, now Denver's just as bad. They're one of the worst in the league against the run, and they're playing, uh, you know, but they've got Beanie Wells and Hightower on the other side. So, not a lot of uh, – I think I think Denver will pull this out over a big game by Moreno again. And, uh, you know, that's all you can say. You, you've got Brandon Lloyd on that side of the ball. I mean, you put Brandon Lloyd and Orton – against this Arizona secondary, I mean, come on, that that doesn't sound too good for Arizona home fans. No, that's uh, for sure. I, and uh, go ahead, Chuck. I mean, it's 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 uh it's it's a it's a over under forty two in that game. Denver's a four point favorite on the road. Uh, the Broncos, I guess, they have the third most passing TDs this year. So this. I mean, but you've got John Skelton throwing the ball. That doesn't scare a lot of people and put a lot of fear and confidence in that Fitzgerald's going to get the ball here. I mean, you've got uh, Fitzgerald and Breston and Doucette. I mean, you really don't have uh, – I mean, I don't know. It's an Arizona game. I could see Arizona pulling I certainly wouldn't bet on it, you know. That's not a game I'm going to bet on at all. I'm going to stay away far away. Right. But uh, it, it, it's a mess. Let, let's move on to another game here, Mike. We've got uh, – Again, you, you talked about Ben Jarvis Greenell. I want to wrap that up real quick, I think he's the guy you have to start this week if you have him, and unless you have some really good options like Adrian Peterson and Charles and Moreno and those guys. Ben Jarvis Greenell has five touchdowns he's racked up in the past three games. And, you know, the Bears are great up front. Let's finish that up here. But I think that uh, if you have Ben Jarvis Greenell, this New England offense is so solid right now. You have to get him in your lineup. You've got to find a way to put him in. I mean, if you're looking at uh, Michael Crabtree or Ben Jarvis Greenell, it's definitely the law firm. If you're if you're yes, in a situation yes. where it's where it's Steve Smith or Ben Jarvis Greenell, yeah, sure. Uh, now, if you get into an opportunity where it's Sidney Rice or Ben Jarvis Greenell, I might take a look at a Sidney Rice just for that 25 type 25 point game potential. So uh, basically, what do you, what do you think uh, about that? yeah. 
Scott, what you're saying is that uh, uh, Ben Jarvis Green, uh, uh, Ben Jarvis Green, Ellis, he's a two and a half type of starter, which means, in, in my terms, is uh, he is a running back that you want to use, but and you know if you have another another wide receiver out there, then you can use him as well. Uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough decision to make. I mean, because you know, like we talked about earlier in the show, you don't know what uh, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is going to get us. I mean, he could be two touchdowns, he could be none. So I don't know. It's a tough decision. All right, let's look at some other players here. We've got uh, another interesting name that keeps coming up in, in uh, the people that I talked to this week, Mike. This Philadelphia-Dallas game, very, very interesting here. Uh-huh. Philadelphia and Dallas. Uh, new coaching regime, uh, obviously, in Dallas with, with, with Garrett taking the reins, and he knows what he wants to do here. He has an idea. Uh, Dez Bryant is out. Uh, and, of course, he's out for the season. And he was getting about seven targets a game. He was kind of hogging those uh, the balls a little bit there from uh, uh, Kitna. Now, Roy and Austin should get a little bit of bump. But you know who gets a bigger bump? I think it's the Shard Choice, My 19 carries, 100 yards, and a touchdown against the Colts. He's a very powerful back. He averaged over five yards a carry. Now, again, I think we have to mention it was the Indianapolis Colts. But let's talk about the timing of this. Uh, Marion Barber is out, and then you come off of a big game against the Colts where you won on the road. Now you come home to face the Philly Rush D. Now, they've allowed 400 yards the last four. That's right in line with their season average, Mike. Nine rushing TDs given up. Yep. I mean, look, Houston put up 26 for 108, and Chicago put up 28 for 131. You can run against this Philly team, and you've got Felix Jones there. Uh, they had 22 carries for 83 yards. I just think well, that this is really setting up for a Tashard Choice type of game. Yeah, it, it does. And, you know, because the only reason it does is because Dallas is, uh, they dedicated themselves to the run. They dedicated themselves to do the things that Dallas Cowboys and uh, saying, you know, we have to do the run to, believe it or not, open up Kidna. And uh, I, I think Kidna is going to have a huge game in, in this game. I mean, because they will be able, to, they'll be able to open up the run and then move forward from there. So, uh, as far as uh, players, I don't know if Tashar Choice will be that good of a start, but uh, you know, he'd be a run back three if you need him. Well. Let's put it like this, Mike. Tashard Choice or Ronnie Brown, you take Tashard Choice this week, right? Um, uh, yes, yes, yes. You know, uh, now, Tashard Choice or Tolbert, now we're talking a little bit different story here. You no, know, you got to realize, you got to kind of know and, and, and where where to put this guy in here. But, you know, let's say it's Marshawn Lynch who has, comes off a three-touchdown day, and he's play, and they're playing the Niners. Uh, who look like they have a lot of momentum, ninth in the league against the run, or it's a sharp choice. I don't. I, I think that's where you start to really, you know, ask yourself the question: just, just how good is Marshawn Lynch? He got three touchdowns last week. Did you get to see that? I mean, it's, uh, I, for set actually, yeah. he gained some touches too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's going to be effective in that uh, Seattle offense and. Uh, because Pete Carroll's going to make sure he's effective. 
it depends on situations. I mean, there, there's a lot of situations that are sitting out there. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I remember uh, looking at it, uh, you know, yesterday. There's a lot of situations that uh, set up good for a lot of different teams. And, uh, you know, we, we have to realize that those players, get, that they can uh, pounce on those type of situations. Fred Jackson, for instance, Buffalo. He, he had a terrible uh, situation last year, or uh, last week. But this week, you better watch him. I mean, he could be dynamic. So it just it just depends. Well, look, uh, let, let, let's finish this conversation up and we'll move on. Marshawn Lynch, if you have him on your team, uh, he racked up 20 carries last week, 83 yards, and he got that three-touchdown second half there. So, <laughs> That cannot be ignored, although San Fran is a big five-and-a-half-point favorite on a 41-point over-under here. Uh, it, it's something you have to look at. Alex Smith, it's the reins this week. Might they turn it back to Alex Smith? Uh, Jeez, last time uh, last time Alex Smith faced the Seahawks, I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, yeah, Vernon Davis, I mean, did get the ball a lot, eight for 73. Gore got the ball, six catches for 45. Uh, Westbrook and Dixon all day long. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Seattle's 30th in the NFL. Uh, 20 TDs allowed. Uh, they're just not uh, they're yep. not the type of defense that you that you can count on uh, against the run or the pass. They're dreadful on both sides of the ball. So you've got uh, you've got options here. If you're if you're San Francisco, you can run or you can pass. And with Dixon and Westy. It was kind of a mixed bag last week, Mike. Nine carries for Westy, nine yeah. carries for Dixon. They both had 31 or 33 yards. I'm not sure that I'm really ready to start either one of those guys if my championship season is on the line. I think I'd rather take yeah. a chance with some of the guys we've talked about already. Yeah, I totally agree, Scott. If, if your championship season is on the line, which it is for uh, a lot of you guys out there, uh, I would not want to have to – rely on uh, Brian Westbrook or Anthony Dixon, either one. Uh, I would hope that I have better options. And, uh, you know, that could be something that you guys could uh, email the show and uh, call in, you know, call in and ask us. I mean, you know, what what are your options? I mean, because it's, it's very difficult right now, uh, especially in the running back area. Because, uh, you know, it's funny. I was on the way up to Cincinnati today, and a good buddy of mine, we were talking about uh, options. And you got a ton of options in the wide receiver area, but when it comes to running back, there's not much left. So, uh, you know, I would love to hear from you guys. Well, they're asking you if, uh, well, if you're if the buzzer meter is going up as we speak. I, I see some uh, nines and some nine point fives in the chat room here. So uh, it's in a nine. That they they want to know uh, Dixon or uh, let's see what do they got here? No, Sidney Rice or um, Vincent Jackson this week again. Vincent Jackson is another player we've got to look at because Vincent Jackson with the knee questionable, but he looks ready to go after he practiced fully today. But then you've got the question, look, like, I can't even find a line on the San Diego KC. It's off. They pulled this off because of all the questionable injuries here. Gates with the toe and the foot and, and Sproles with the concussion. They're questionable. 
Now, I, I looked at a beat writer, Kevin Acey, if you remember this guy. He writes a lot for the Chargers. He's given better than a 50-50 shot All right. Gates plays in this game. But missing Friday's practice, Gates, I just don't know. I mean, he, 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 he okay. could be inactive so, so, what appears to be a playoff game. Last, last week he scored a touchdown, six catches, 73 yards, and he was in severe so, pain the whole game. No way this guy doesn't play. Well, the question is, Sidney Rice or Vincent Jackson? Obviously, this guy has no other wide receivers because he – who who else does he have left? I don't know. I don't know. You just got to put I the mean, point, I, but. I'm not going – I'm not – if, if, if my team included Sidney Rice or Vincent Jackson, I better have three wide receivers that I'm ready to start right now. So and Sidney Rice and Vincent Jackson, they're not, they're not going to be a part of them. So, I, I can, can you mark up both of them? <laughs> well, Mike, I don't know, man. You know, you got to watch guys like this. These are the type of guys that can win you some cash late in the season. I mean, you could sit there and gut it out with your Danny Amendola that you still got on your team, you know, <laughs> or uh, you know your your Austin Collins that you're waiting to, waiting to come back or whatever you got going on. I I, I kind of like Sidney Rice this week. He's uh, by default he's the best player. Uh, the best wide receiver for the Vikings this week. Harvin is Doesn't really matter who's throwing the ball at this point. We saw what Tavares Jackson could do. He could throw it up to him, and uh, he could have a couple of touchdowns. Yeah, we saw so, what uh, Randy Moss could do last weekend, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, he can't even get on the field with Kenny I Gray mean, out there. That you, told me, you told me you said it can't get any worse. I said, yeah, I can. And what happened? Yeah. Yeah, that Britt, you are, you mark my words, Britt's going to be a, a, a big – if he can keep his head clean, and he's still got that attitude problem, but if he can keep his head clean this offseason, he's, he's going to be a definite sleeper-type pick with that uh, Hakeem Nicks-type upside potential. I mean, he's a that, – that Britt's a big, big target. But let's go back to San Diego here. That's the that's that's a game that's very interesting to me. Uh, the Chiefs have a two-game cushion in this league. Can you believe that, Mike? A two-game cushion in the West? I mean, it's incredible. Uh, we're not gonna we're, we're not gonna see Matt Castle probably. He had the appendectomy. He's doubtful, so that's gonna change everything for the bow owners that were wanting to have. I mean, they just had a, a a goose egg last week, Mike. I mean, so it's gonna be a lot of Jamal Charles and a lot of Thomas Jones. They averaged 36 rushing attempts per game. You've got to put Thomas Jones in there if you're on the fence. If you're on the fence this week, you got to put Thomas Jones in your lineup. It's not a great well, week to have, but he's very solid. This game is uh, its really scary. The only re- the reason I say that is because, uh, well, Matt Castle and uh, his situation and the fact that last week, Dwayne Bowe, he got zero fantasy points. Um, you know, th- th- this screams uh, scary stuff for uh, Kansas City. If they don't have Castle out there um, – they're gonna lose and they're gonna get beaten fantasy points wise. So I would not start anybody that has uh, Kansas City if Castle is not playing. Yeah, well, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's much in question, Mike. I think he I don't think he is gonna get in there. And and then you've got uh, the defensive side of the ball there for San Diego that they can match up with Dwayne Bow. They've got a very 
uh, a very good defense on that side of the ball. So, you know, hey, uh, number two against wide receivers in the league, so Dwayne Bowe's going to have to prove it with no quarterback. And I just don't think they're going to – I think they're going to run the ball down San Diego. So they're going to continue to try to keep the clock out of – keep the ball out of Rivers' hand, control the clock, do everything they can to keep their offense on the field and that clock running. So – I don't know what they they took this game off the board. I wanted to bet the I wanted to bet the under in this game, but look, Nene he re-injured the hammy. Creighton and Vincent Jackson they're both on the men. Gates had the major setback this weekend, and then you got Malcolm Floyd. I mean, in his hammy that could pop again at any time, Mike. So you know who I like. You know what? I like your rookie, Mike. Hey. That's what, I like that uh, uh, hero tutu. You know, I think I think he could have a pretty good game with Philip Rivers this week. There's not many other people you can throw to. No, it's going to be uh, Malcolm Floyd. Yeah, well, he's got the hammy. You got to you got to watch the hammy. You never know; it could pop no. at any time. Listen, I, I'm starving for good fantasy information. I want to get fantasy information in my finger at my fingertips at all times. So I'm listening to the radio. I'm listening to. You ever listen to Steve Zabin in the mornings, Mike? No. No, Steve Zabin on Fox. Look, well, they had to call him. Saban's never made the playoffs in any of the years he's played fantasy. He's just one of those guys that never makes it, kind of like you. And, you know, he, he goes in here, and uh, he has a caller call him up, Mike, and he's like, okay, i gotta, I got to bench one of these guys, you know. And here's the kind of content that we're getting uh, from, from Fox News or Fox Sports. You know, the guy calls in with a legitimate question, and he says, Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, Arian Foster or Darren McFadden? I gotta bench one of these guys, and I don't know which one to bench. Wow. I, can, I gotta start three. Well, the guys on the show start ribbing him. Oh, who are you drafting against? Little sisters of the poor. Uh, you know, you're they're, who are you trade? Is this a six-man league? You know, uh, look, they they really have no clue because that set of backs you could easily have acquired in a very competitive league last year. So they just belittled this guy for no reason. He's got a legitimate question. He could have drafted Adrian Peterson. He, you draft him in the first. You draft Charles in the, you know, the second or third, Foster in the third or fourth at the time, and McFadden somewhere down in the eighth right. or twelfth, you know. So, you know, there's just – I don't appreciate where, you know, unless you really get – you stay on the Fantasy Sports Channel and get your news from, uh, you know, shows like this, shows like Lou's or – uh, all the different shows that we have on the Fantasy Sports Channel, you can get good new information. But I tell you, it's it's really slim pickings on some of these shows, man. They just you can't trust it. You just can't trust it well, out there. So, you know, I'm you know I I know you don't, Scott, and I don't either. I mean, we're not gonna slam shows, uh, but uh, you know, there is uh, there's a lot of uh, trustworthy things that come across, and uh, the one thing that we do is we say, hey. We know this, we know that. Uh, if if somebody drafts this person or that person at wide receiver or running back at, at this particular point, then, hey, we might slam them for a little bit, but, uh, hey, the, the, they usually have a justification why they did that pick, why they made right. that pick. So, yeah. So, uh, well, you know, it's it just one my point wasn't to rail on the Zayman show, but I really, it really just gets to me when they when they discredit the hobby that we love. And you know what? I would much rather go to the chat room here at Red vs. Blue, the crew, and ask a question of these guys, and they will give you ten times better analysis than you'll get on any show 
throughout the week. Now, you got the Fantasy Football Show. Those guys do a great job on Sunday mornings. If you watch that uh, from 11 a.m. to 1, they do a pretty good job of getting information out there. Uh, Tim Hasselback and those guys, I mean, they do okay. And I enjoy that show, and I keep it on. But I sure don't let it influence my decisions, though. It's very, very tricky. If you let that stuff soak in too much, you know you can, you're really changing your lineup right in your game time, and, and that's just the wrong thing to do. You know what, Scott? Uh, the one thing, I'm normally on Sundays I'm not uh, real available by the TV and things like that. Um, I, You know, I'd like to propose this, this question out to everybody that's out there in the chat room and to you. Uh, when you wake up on Sunday, what does change your mind or might alter your uh, your plan of attack uh, come uh, Sunday, that, that day? The guys in the chat room are asking me to uh, give you the silent treatment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, trust me, I'll be done here in about five minutes because I'm about ready to go to bed. And they, they want they want to see how you'll they want to see how you'll do. We got a caller from the nine three seven caller. You're on red versus blue. What's up, guys? What up? All right, we've 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 got a caller from the nine three seven nine three seven. Sounds like Wisconsin. Is that Wisconsin? I can't respond to Mike. I thought we were giving him the silent treatment. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, Scott, That's it's Rich. Like- What's up, Mike? How are you guys doing? Hey, Our good friend Rick Allen. Code Cracker, buddy. You got you a heck of a team here in the World Championship of Fantasy Football. Talk about it, buddy. Brag a little bit. Come on now. Well, you know how they always say that, uh, you know, during football season you have to you have to get over your big win and you have to prep for the next game. I'm still drinking from last weekend. <laughs> I know the feeling, man. <laughs> I love it. Well, we got we got lucky in a couple of ways. Um, I mean, we've made it up. Uh, I think we're starting the we we finally won our league. By the way, so for all of you bastards out there in the uh, chat room that already have a league championship, now uh, now at least we can say we're on the same level you guys are. But we but we've had a, a one of those weirdo lucky seasons, and we led our league in scoring and then managed to win the championship game. And I think we're. I think we're starting 32nd overall, and I think we have too many injuries to to really be a force. But it goes to show that if you stick with it and you make some of the right pickups, like we picked up Tolbert in week one, and we lost Alice Clark, and, and we did, and Scott, you had actually talked to me that week, we did pick up Tammy, and, and, and obviously that made a big difference. But for us, uh, our top five picks were really hapless to not so good. And that, that that point you made earlier about someone being condescending about the running backs that you could have had, if we, we took T.O. and McFadden in 7 and 9 or 8 and 10, something like that, and that made a huge difference to us. So you could have, anyone could have easily had Foster, McFadden, and Hillis if they're drafting it right at all. Well, uh, we're talking with Rich McClellan, the, the managing uh, editor here at the Fantasy Players Association. They're 21st overall. You had the wrong Colts wide receiver last night. You had Reggie Wayne, and now all the Pierre Garçon owners are loving life right now. Uh, Kimmer Slicer, uh, look, she had uh, she had the big hitters last night, and now she's got two teams in the top five. 
you had Ronnie, you had Reggie Wayne, you had it all set up for you, and they start going to Garcon last time. Yeah, that wasn't pretty. On the other hand, uh, Reggie put up 40 and helped us win our championship game. So I guess I'll give him a week off. I've been drinking the whole week. I guess he was too. (laughs) Yeah, Mike Tolbert in your lineup, Terrell Owens, Darren McFadden, and an interesting player here, uh, Ronnie Brown going up against the New York Jets on the road. Let's talk about the other options that you have here. Tim Hightower. Uh, not really. You can't really start him over that. Randy Moss, I'm glad you didn't. Eddie Royal against Arizona. That might be a possibility that you're thinking about, huh? We're the only team in the country that has had the guts to to bench Moss, and we won anyway. Thank God for Ronnie Brown. That's who we decided to play in his spot last week. But we pretty much decided that Moss is on the bench. We'd cut him if we could, but they won't let us. (laughs) They won't let you. That's right. (laughs) Let's talk about LeGarrette Blunt, guys. Uh, this is a guy who's on a lot of lineups, and it's hard to put him in. Sometimes it's hard to keep him off the bench. It just depends on the team. But uh, LeGarrette Blunt, 20 carries, 103 yards, and a touchdown last week against Atlanta. And look at the Redskins, Rich. They gave up 36 carries, 200 yards, and four touchdowns against the G-Men. Very bad. Horrendous against the Rush. They can't stop anybody. Uh, and now you've got Hainsworth, who's suspended for the rest of the season. LeGarrette Blunt could put up a very big day here. I actually I actually have Blunt in my local league, but you just brought up a, another name that we can't let go by. Albert Hainsworth. Is, is he the only guy in the league that makes Randy Moss look like a hard worker? A hundred million dollars. And he's what, – what, what did I just see the other day? What is it, either four or five games he's missed this year because of illness? You've got to be kidding me. And Blunt, Blunt, I've had to play him a couple times here locally, and he's done well. I, I mean, I think he could tear them up. I think Tampa Bay – obviously Tampa Bay has not done well against the better teams. I think they're 0-5 against teams that have winning records. But you put him in any kind of situation where they get a chance to establish him and let him be physical, then – I, I think he's a serious uh, shot to play and a serious shot to at least equal his numbers from last week. I love LeGarrette Blunt in this matchup. Love, love, love it. I think uh, – and they're a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Washington. I think it should be more like 10. I just don't see how Donovan McNabb, this team is falling apart. There's not any synergy going on with this team. Uh Rich, I, I love this uh, this play. Tampa's coming off of a, a hard loss that they played against. Uh, Pat, they played a good game against Atlanta. Let's let's give them credit where credit's due. They uh, Freeman played well. Twenty for thirty nine is it? Uh, okay, it's not great. One hundred seventy four yards, but he had two touchdowns when it counted. And uh, you know, I, I just think that I think that uh, it, it's Tampa's Tampa's time here. They, the record is what it is. Don't don't get too caught up about who they play. The record is what it is. You're as good as what your record says you are. That's what Parcells always said, right? And uh, they're they're a, they're a road favorite against the Redskins, who are falling apart. They do get back Ryan Terrain, probably gets the start, but he's not startable. You can't start somebody like that. So, and I don't know anybody on Washington that you can start. Chris Cooley may be in a one and a half point per reception league. What do you think? Well, if you're asking – I'm sorry, Scott. If you're asking me, you know, you're, you're bringing up an interesting team 
not in Tampa Bay, but Washington. Now's the type. Now's the time of year where you know guys that are really into it are already looking forward to what might happen next year. What does anybody think's really going to happen in Washington? You know, it, you know, we're always trying to pick teams that are really rising or really falling. Obviously, Tampa Bay has been on the rise this year, and with all those young offensive players, I think most people will think that they'll be on the rise next year. But what about Washington? I mean, if Shanahan cleans house and they go away from McNabb, they have no receivers. I mean, believe me, we have Santana Moss in the league, so since about week six, they've had no wide receivers. They're completely unsettled at running back. That's a team to start paying attention to how do they play out and what people might show that could be worth something next year. I think Tampa Bay, all of those guys, Blunt, uh, Mike Williams, Freeman, all of them are going to go much higher in the draft. They'll probably next year. They'll get a tougher schedule, and they'll, they they aren't going to be values. But Washington could either be terrible, or by the time we come around the next year, depending on how they rework the roster, there could be some values there. We've got a question in the chat room, Rich. I'm going to hand it to you. Uh, Fred Jackson or Stephen Jackson? Weegee wants to know Fred Jackson or Stephen Jackson this week. You've got Buffalo playing Cleveland. Buffalo's a, a one-point favorite at home against uh, the Cleveland run defense, which uh, is, is one of those uh, better-performing units this year, 10th in the league. Uh, but, again, Fred Jackson has been one of those players that is just uh, absolutely, uh, you know, unbenchable right now. Uh, against Steven Jackson, who's been, uh, you know, not his, his usual self, and against New Orleans. Now, I'll answer this question and then, and then hand it over to you, but, I start Fred Jackson simply because Steven Jackson, look, uh, he's not somebody you can really count on uh, to get you touchdowns. You can get a couple of touchdowns out of Fred Jackson this week, whereas New Orleans, uh, they're going to jump out on this St. Louis team. They just are. Uh, the Rams are down two cornerbacks this week. Starter Ron Bartell, he's been an up-and-comer. I've been watching this kid, and he was having a great year, and he's out for this game, and that spells big numbers for Breeze. For Colston and Meacham, these guys are on fire. 300 yards in five of his last six games, 13 touchdowns over that time. And then Colston's led the way here, Rich. 17 catches, three touchdowns, 280 yards. And Meacham has been doing it all on deep ball. Seven catches, 211 yards, three touchdowns. You're going to see some big things from those two guys this week. And you've got Pierre Thomas back in the fold. Uh, He's practiced fully all week. He's going to get the ball with Chris Ivory. The Rams are down those corners, and I just I just see New Orleans jumping out, and then you've got to I, – I think that kind of takes Steven Jackson out of his out of his role. Even though he, he's been known as a reception hog, I don't think that's the same Steven Jackson we're getting this week. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, Jackson – the one thing I will say is that, the, you know, the Bengals flat out handed New Orleans a gift last week. You know, they wouldn't be in the position they are still having a shot at the division or still having a shot at one of the higher seeds in the NFC if it weren't for our proud hometown Bengals here and the way that they managed to bungle that game away. I do think, I do think that, that, that if, if St. Louis could stay in the game, Jackson could be okay. However, another factor in all of this is that the Buffalo-Cleveland matchup, it looks like it's going to be bad weather in Cleveland. Uh, I know here in Dayton, and, you know, you're in Indy, we're talking about getting snow uh, Sunday. It's supposed to be much worse to the north. And I think that could lead Jackson to, or Fred Jackson to be way more involved 
than Steven Jackson. So in a way, I kind of judge him as even, but I would nod towards what you said in that uh, Fred Jackson's more likely to score a touchdown, and that would make a big difference. Yeah, now, again, he, he didn't uh, he, he didn't have the production last week. Uh, C.J. Spiller did cut into him a little bit, but it was but it was a it was a different matchup last week, and um, I, the, the the Dolphins are, are a much better team uh, against you know the run. In, in my opinion, they just they just uh, they they play a better game than, than Cleveland will, and I, I look at Steven Jackson again. It's against New Orleans. Steven Jackson's coming off a monster game. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But I think if they get away, if, if, if New Orleans does what I think they will do in this game, that nine-point spread uh, that, that, that Vegas puts on there, that's going to look like a, a distant memory by halftime. And, I mean, Bradford's got some, some uh, you know, some, some mojo, positive mojo into this game. But I think this is, this is really setting up for a New Orleans blowout. They want you to take that St. Louis in the nine. Don't, don't, don't. Don't think they don't, Rich. They want you to take that nine points in a, in a hot Sam Bradford. So I, I I just think that's a big time trap. Well, I, I can't I can't disagree with anything you said there. I think it's a trap game too. I will say this: I'm rooting for St. Louis to win three of their last four, win that division, and at least win nine games. I'm so sick of hearing the talking heads over this last week talk about how wussified that division is. And somebody's going to win with a losing record or or eight and eight. I I, I like what Bradford's done, and it, w- it would just be nice if there were that kind of success story for a first year quarterback who can who let's face it he's not he's not great or elite yet, but you gotta you gotta figure he's handled the learning curve of being a, a first year quarterback in the NFL as well as anybody we've seen in recent years. So I'm actually rooting for them to pull it out. They may not win this game, but I would like to see them win that division. What do you do with this uh, this Jets ground game? You got LT, you got Sean Green. These are a couple of guys that, if you're desperate, I guess at this point, uh, you put them in your lineup. But, uh, you know, LT, Sean Green, I, you know, they're, they're splitting their carries pretty evenly. 176 to 153 right now, and it's it's evolving pretty evenly. Now the Jets are racking up about 150 yards a game uh, recently. That's fourth in the NFL through the last for through 12 games. So, uh, but it, and it looks pretty even. I just can't get my head around what what the rest of this season is going to shape up for for Sean Green and LT. It looks looks kind of just like a, a, a 50-50 backfield, and if you have to play one of the guys, I guess. I guess you play LT because he has more receptions, but I thought to me Sean Green looked like much the better back at this point in the season against the Patriots. So I don't know what what is your read on these guys. Well, I I, I see that Alex is in the chat room, and in FFPC we drafted Sean Green, and I think round five, and I. I blame Alex for that because the format was goofy, and he fell to there, and we felt like we had to take him. So Alex, that was your your fault. Yeah, and obviously he's been completely hapless at, at, you know, in the first half of the season. However, there, I, I have to admit there were a number of prognosticators at the beginning of the season who said that LT would be better in the first half, he would tail in the second half, they would give Green a lot more carries, and you know, obviously Green's a much more physical back. And having watched his production and tried to watch him as often as possible since we had him on our FFPC team, 
uh, I do think he's coming on, and he's had he's looked way more powerful, which is obvious, but he just looks fresher. He just looks like he's ready to go hit someone else. And over the last month, LT started to slump. However, based on the reception scenario that you just brought up, if Green doesn't get you a touchdown, uh, he rarely catches any passes at all. He caught one in the last game, and I immediately called Paula and said, oh, my God, Green caught a pass. So that was a big deal. I do think that uh, that LT is a safer play. Green has to score you a touchdown, or he's just probably not going to put up enough points to matter. Let's ask uh, a question here, just out of the blue. Jonathan Stewart or Heinz Ward? Jonathan Stewart, I, I posted a thread on the football, uh, the FFPC boards this week. The thread title was Too Little, Too Late. <laughs> and, many, and, and that name, doesn't that just sum up Jonathan Stewart this year? Week 13, posting 21 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Goodson comes off the field, and, and now he's, He's, he's rushing for 100 yards a game type, but now he plays Atlanta. They only give up five rushing touchdowns in the last 12 games, but Tampa did get close to 150. So this could be a Carolina-type run game, uh, an Atlanta-type run game. You know you're going to see a ton of Michael Turner because Carolina does have a commendable secondary. So why why pass the ball if you can just run the ball with Michael Turner? Jason Snelling's out. I see Turner and, and Stewie kind of matching up in this game, and one of them one of them's got to win. And uh, I don't know, what do you think of uh, Jonathan Stewart this late? Well, he's another unfortunate guy that I have on my local team. I, you know what? I've, he's always been a tremendous physical talent, and he's had spurts in four or five games in his career where he looked like world beater. But, he's, but then he's inconsistent the rest of the time. You know, he's coming back now. Are they really – you know, are they really going to uh, trust him more than, say, Goodson, who's been producing? And they're and they just they're, that team is in such disarray. He's one of the hardest guys for me to put a finger on. You, we, I don't think anybody in the chat room or anywhere around wouldn't say he isn't, say, a top five or seven talent at running back. But only in four or five game spurts has he ever produced that. You know, he's never done it for a season at that level. You know, they both had great seasons last year, him and D'Angelo Williams. But it almost seems like he's one of those guys that is – you always have this bright future in your mind for him, and then he always disappoints you. And I'm not sure why that should be different now. Uh, We've got a question in the chat room here. Jacoby Ford or Johnny Knox? Obviously, if if you're in this this type of scenario, it's unfortunate. Uh, I, you know, I own Johnny Knox, and I thought the world of this guy. I thought he was going to be the next Steve Smith, and a lot of people drafted him as such. And 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 you know, putting the cart before the horse here. Uh, Knox, as good as Cutler's been the last two games, Knox has seven targets. Okay, I can't get excited about anybody that's had seven targets in two games where the quarterbacks look good. Earl Bennett. <laughs> Is the number one wide receiver on that team with 13 targets. That's the guy that you, if you got to play somebody on Chicago, that's the guy you start. And it's amazing to me what has happened to this Mike Martz offense. I, I don't understand it. Defying years and years of research and statistical data, it's it's completely the opposite of what you would expect there. And, and I just I just can't put Knox in there. I've got a uh, garbage points. I've got to put uh, Jacoby Ford in there. Ford has the uh, the potential for those big home run hits that you're just not seeing from Johnny Knox like you thought we would. 
and they're playing Jacksonville. And, and look, we all know what Jacksonville allows. They allow a ton against the pass. They have been a little bit on an uptick lately, just a little bit better than uh, than they had, than they started off. But I think I I, I started Jacoby Ford. Do you uh, do you agree or disagree, Rich? Well, I think they're close. I, I think another thing to pay attention to is. Chicago's another another hot spot for the big uh, weather we're supposed to get Sunday. And I don't know. Does anybody else think that early in the season everybody wrote New England off because of their young defensive players? And now all of a sudden, over the last month, nobody seems to care about how old the defensive players are. That McCourty guy looks like he's going to be a great cornerback and to be an excellent player. I mean, that, that, that play where he snaked the ball away from Calvin Johnson was tremendous. And, of course, on the other hand, New England just had the big, giant, emotional win. They're going to be playing on the road. Chicago plays completely different defense than the Jets. They don't sell out at all. Uh, they make you drive the field and beat them. So if, if that's true and, and New England is capable of doing that, then that limits – and the weather might limit Knox's opportunities. And so that's where I think that Ford does have a shot to do just as much. So I would kind of look at him as even, and Ford's the upside guy if you feel like the other team's better. Uh, we're trying to figure out if Mike Williams in Tampa is going to play this week. That's another dicey situation. He's, uh, he's hoping to play on Sunday against the Redskins, but he didn't practice because of his sore knee. And, uh, you know, he's got this knee. He's been fighting through it for a couple of weeks. Morris said that he's a tough guy. He goes out and plays. And, you know, if they can get him to tomorrow and see what he can do, you know, get him through Saturday, see what he can do on Saturday, and hopefully get him in the game. That's not what I like to Good see in here. And I'm hearing a lot of uh, articles on Aurelius Ben and how they're trying yeah. to get this kid yeah, involved. In I, I'm not real sure that I'm, and I'm too excited about playing Mike Williams this week for Tampa. Um, definitely want to play LeGarrette Blunt in that game. I love Blunt. I talked to you about him. Let's talk about James Starks, Rich. James Stark, Green Bay Packers, 18 carries, 73 yards against the Niners. And the coaches love what he did. He he, he played well in the pass protection. And he, uh, you know, he's a rookie that hasn't played any meaningful downs in nearly two years. He missed his entire senior year at Buffalo because of a shoulder injury. He slipped to the sixth round. But he's very talented. Uh, Edgar Bennett, the running back coach, said he was poised for this type of game. And, uh, look, they said when he comes off the back end, you better watch out. It's going to the end zone. 6-2-218 runs a sub-4-4-40. This might be the guy we've been waiting for, James Starks, Rich. Well, you know, you know you're, you're laying that out as a softball because I'm a Packer fan. But I, I, I will say this. I do think that, you know, he physically – um, you know, he played in the MAC. It's not like Buffalo's a, a a big school, but he played in the MAC. There have been tons of good players to come out of the MAC. Um, I, you know, most people think he runs too upright, and so they're not real thrilled about that. And of course, that's a concern. But then again, I would remind people that if you go back a couple of years, when uh, years ago when we were desperate and we got Ryan Grant, people said he ran too upright, and he's been really very effective in what is a passing attack. But as far as Starks is concerned, I think, the more he gets to play, I thought he did well for his first game, the more he gets to play, he's going to learn to get his pad level lower. They they would run more if they were successful at it. So he has a chance to pitch in. 
And I, I, I just want to pass along this one story for people that don't read the local Packer stories is that he got a lot of compliments after the game. A lot of the defensive players said that they loved that he ran hard. A lot of the offensive linemen complimented him on all the things that he did. But what I thought was interesting is what Aaron Rodgers said. And Aaron Rodgers, after the game, essentially said, you know, he had a good game, you know, and that's great. But what I really look for out of the young players is that they show it to me every day in practice. Because if they show it to me every day in practice, I know that they're, they're going to produce on game day. So as far as James is concerned, what I want to see is what he does every day in practice now that he's able to practice all the time. Now, I didn't take that that he was harassing Starks for not doing well in the game. I took it as him becoming more of a leader on the Green Bay team and trying to keep Starks from getting a big head because he did well in the first game. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Hey, Rich, we ran up against a hard break there, uh, but, but uh, we, we love the analysis of uh, what, what you're seeing in James Starks. I can tell you're fired up about this kid. This is a... This is a guy that could be that momentum and game changer that Green Bay needs to kind of push them through this playoff push, man. Well, there's nothing like having a guy show up. Uh, It's one thing to say the negative part, well, he hasn't played for two years. But if he is really healthy, then he's got to have the freshest legs in the league, right? Or, well, maybe not the league, but certainly the freshest legs on the team. And a guy with that size and some speed could make a tremendous difference down the stretch. Rich, uh, there was a couple of other games here as we're as we're in overtime. Roethlisberger he broke his nose, Ohlone not, uh, uh, and he only threw for 160 and a touchdown the last time he played Cincy. Lozell Adams is out with a high ankle sprain, so you got to keep that in mind if you're a Mendenhall or a Mike Wallace owner. But uh, look, Cincinnati, these are your guys, right? Uh, I saw you in your Bengal jersey. They They've allowed 920 yards the last four weeks, worst in the NFL during that span with 132 total points allowed. Uh, Breeze, Sanchez, Fitzpatrick, they're all having their way with them. The team's collapsing. They're inserting rookies to get a look for next year. At Heinz Field, this game uh, does not look good. I think think, uh, everybody, Wallace, Ward, they all of them are going to put up big, big game. Pittsburgh's favored by eight and a half. You got to start them all, and Cincinnati is is just on the wrong side of the field. Well, too bad Paula isn't here to make her pitch for the fact that uh, Marvin Lewis should have been gone a long time ago. If these other guys were going to get fired during the season, he should have. And then the other real shock with with uh, Cincinnati, yes, they've had defensive injuries. Uh, I mean, a number of teams have to deal with injuries, but Zimmer has not produced the same level of defense he did last year. And when they go on the road, I mean, as they as they proved so aptly in Buffalo, giving up 35 unanswered points, I don't think you can depend on them to be all that good defensively. So no matter what, I think what you just said is true. I think you, you play all of your, your players. Now, trust me, a lot of people in Cincinnati are bummed that they didn't personally didn't get the chance to, to break Roethlisberger's nose because there are a lot of people in Cincinnati who'd like to do that. So we, you never know it may happen again. 
And uh, the last game here that we wanted to bring up was this uh, Baltimore-Houston game. Obviously, the Texans are the league's worst passing defense. Uh, and at 27 passing TDs allowed through 12 games. You've got to start Joe Flacco this week. Uh, Heath is obviously a big-time question mark on that side of the ball. Mason had some real strange comments that why he was coming back, but uh, I think he was just uh, in defeat, didn't know what else to do. But Flacco is a uh, is a must-start this week, don't you think? Yeah, I do. I mean, obviously, uh, Houston's turned into a – uh, start your quarterback and receivers no matter what. When you play them, those guys are going to put up numbers. You, you, it's, it's literally happened week after week after week, so I don't think there's anything uh, that's going to stop there. What will be interesting is that Arian Foster has obviously led a ton of teams to the top of the stack and in all of, of fantasy leagues. So one, one of the things that I think is going to be interesting about that game is to see – how well he does, and can Baltimore control him, or do they make an effort to to control him and or AJ, and and how that plays out? The, how Arian Foster does in that game might be more important than how any of the other fantasy players do in in the playoff race. Boy, and what a player! Uh, what a player he's been this year. He's got to be the number one. Got to be the number one player uh, all of uh, in in all of fantasy football. Love you, Rich. Thanks for coming out, man. Good luck this week, man. Let's finish strong, buddy. That's right. Uh, we'll do the best we can. We're just, uh, we know, just hoping to go forward from here. Appreciate you having me on. We'll see you next week. Red Rush and Blues out.
ever love somebody, put your hands up. If you ever love somebody, put your hands up. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.